You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden will allow sales of higher ethanol gas in a bid to curb costs. Treasury yields jump to the highest level since 2018. And investors brace for the March CPI report. Economists forecast inflation at a four-decade high. New Jersey approved seven facilities for recreational pot sales. Plus, the U.S. is telling non-essential government staff to leave Shanghai. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Phillies rallied past the Mets. The Blue Jays shut out the Yankees. The Nets host Cleveland in a play-in game tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures. A little change this morning coming up to 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures. A little change this morning. So we're Dow futures. NASDAQ futures higher up about 34. Ten-year treasury down 230 seconds. Yield 2.78%. Yield on the two-year 2.52%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 3.1%. Nathan. Karen, we begin with breaking news this morning. A new initiative by the Biden administration aims to give a boost to ethanol while lowering prices at the pump. Amy Morris reports from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The plan to expand sales of higher ethanol gasoline would be a temporary change during the summer months. It would also waive anti-pollution restrictions, which would otherwise block warm weather sales of E15 in areas where smog is a problem. E15 sells about 5 to 10 cents per gallon less than regular gasoline. And while the move might replace oil consumption with corn consumption, the war on Ukraine could also boost corn prices in coming months, so administration officials say the calculus could change. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, turning to the war in Ukraine now, India and the United States are trying to smooth some rough waters created by Russia's invasion. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. 
The virtual meeting between Prime Minister Narendra Modi and President Joe Biden focused in large part on India's purchases of Russian oil. And White House spokesman Jen Psaki says the message was forceful. The imports from the United States are already significant, uh, for, or much bigger than the imports that they get from Russia. Uh, and we, of course, the president uh, conveyed very clearly that it is not in their interest to increase that. Now, having said that, both sides characterize the talks as friendly. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Anything but friendly in Ukraine. The mayor of Mariupol says Russian troops killed more than 10,000 civilians in their attempt to capture the port city. Now, Russia categorically denies purposely killing civilians. The U.S. is warning the invasion is set to enter a very bloody phase. But retired Lieutenant General David Deptula tells us Ukraine could still win. They'll stand a better chance if the United States and NATO supply them with the kind of weapons that will give Ukraine an advantage. And that means more advanced air defenses like fighter aircraft, surface-to-air missiles, as well as surface-to-surface missiles, because the best way to stop the Russian Air Force is to kill it on the ground. David Deptula spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And we turn to the markets now, Nathan. The sell-off in bonds continues this morning. In fact, the 10-year Treasury yield is trading at its highest level since 2018. Right now, it's at 2.78%. And Bloomberg Cross Asset Editor Joanna Ossinger says analysts expect yields to keep rising. 2.83% on the 10-year Treasury. That's about where it peaked out today. That's where the yield would breach a long-term trend line that started in the early 1980s. Um, but a lot of people do expect it to happen, right? You have J.P. Morgan Asset Management, MUFG Securities seeing a move past 3%. And GSFM expects it to test 3.5%. So we are seeing most people kind of expecting it to continue. Bloomberg Show and Allisinger reports a Bloomberg gauge measuring total returns in treasuries has slumped almost 8% this year. That's on track for its worst annual decline since at least 1973. Consumer price data due later this morning, Karen, may push yields up further. Economists forecast an 8.4% annual gain in March's index. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. It's a week of economic data focused on inflation with today's Consumer Price Index report. Well, it's hard to call it a highlight. The forecast headline would be a scary one indeed, the highest inflation since 1982, when the nation's benchmark interest rate was 15%. Energy, food, and housing costs are putting continued pressure on prices, While oil prices have fallen a bit in recent days, that won't show up in the March CPI. What higher prices may mean is lower consumer spending on things outside of those three categories. We'll get retail sales figures for March on Thursday. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Mike, thank you. As investors brace for the CPI report, more predictions of a recession this morning. The Peterson Institute for International Economics says the global economy is set for a setback by the end of the year, and recession risks are elevated against the backdrop of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and COVID shutdowns in China. The recent surge in Treasury yields has taken a toll on tech stocks. We get that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The NASDAQ 100 stock index dropped 2.4%, adding to losses sustained last week that have erased over $1 trillion in market value from the tech-heavy benchmark in the past five sessions. Microsoft was down 3.9%, its worst decline in more than a month. Chipmaker NVIDIA sank 5.2%, extending losses sustained over the past five sessions to 20%. The stock has not had a five-day run this bad since March 
of 2020. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. One of the tech stocks not involved in the sell-off was Twitter. Speculation still swirling on the impact Elon Musk may have at the social media company. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Now that Elon Musk is no longer accepting a position on Twitter's board, he may acquire additional shares of the company. Wedbush Securities Analyst Dan Ive says it's highly likely that Musk takes a more hostile stance toward Twitter and further builds his active stake in the company. Musk currently owns 9.2% of Twitter and is its largest individual shareholder. And since he's not on the board, he's not required to keep his stake below 15%. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Renita, thank you. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 607 on Wall Street. Cloudy now, 49 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with that accident on the southbound Deegan at Yankee Stadium. We'll get the update in traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey regulators approved seven facilities that already sell medical marijuana to also sell recreational pot. A specific date wasn't set at the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission's vote during a remotely held meeting. The facilities must still pass a regulatory inspection of their operations and be issued new licenses. Retail sales for the general public would start in 13 dispensaries operated by the seven treatment centers across the state. Officials in Philadelphia reinstated the city's indoor mask mandate. It takes effect next Monday amid rising COVID infections. Philadelphia's Health Commissioner Cheryl Bettigold. I'm announcing that we have reached the threshold for moving out of the all-clear COVID response level and into the mask precautions level. Simply put, that means that we're reintroducing the mask mandate in Philadelphia. Commissioner Bettigold says the city is averaging 142 new COVID-19 infections a day. The U.S. government ordered all non-emergency staff at its Shanghai consulate and their families to leave the Chinese city due to a surge in COVID cases. Most of Shanghai's 25 million residents are subject to tight movement restrictions that keep them in their homes, making it unable to obtain food or necessities. A 23-year-old woman who falsely accused a black teen of stealing her cell phone at a New York City hotel avoids jail time after pleading guilty to a hate crime. Maya Ponsetto attacked the teen at the Arlo Soho Hotel in December of 2020. After the hearing, defense attorney Paul de Emlia spoke for his client. Ms. Ponsetto is thankful for the thoughtfulness and the um, empathy that the DA's office showed. Defense attorney Diamemia says that they are happy and relieved that this ordeal is over. President Joe Biden announced the finalization of new federal rules restricting so-called ghost guns, which allow purchasers to assemble potentially untraceable weapons from kits. Law enforcement is sounding the alarm. Our communities are paying the price. And we're acting today. The United States Department of Justice is making it illegal for a business to manufacture one of these kits without a serial number. Illegal. President Biden. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks.
Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, the Mets began the season with three wins in Washington. Their first loss Sunday was a blown lead in the eighth inning in Philadelphia. That happened again. One-two pitch on the way. Swung on from right center field. It's going to get down for a base hit in the gap. And it's going to give the Phillies the lead. Gregorius trying for second. He's in there with a slide. And the Phillies lead it 5-4 to four here in the bottom of the eighth. Bills radio, so they wiped out a 4 nothing deficit. Won 5-4, scoring all five in the eighth. JT Ray Almudo with a two-run homer. Reese Hopkins a hit to tie the game. And then D.D. Gregorius put him ahead. Yankee bats were quiet at the stadium. Only four singles off Toronto's Alec Manoa and three Blue Jay relievers. Toronto won 3 nothing with George Springer driving in all three. Two-run homer, third inning off Jamison Tyone later an RBI double. And San Diego's win at San Francisco. Taylor Rogers got the save for the Padres. His twin brother, Tyler Rogers, took the loss for the Giants. The Lerner family purchased the Washington Nationals in 2006 for $450 million, now said to be looking to sell, seeking around $2 billion. Big game for the Rangers tonight. They host Carolina, who's in first place, but just two points ahead of the booster. It's an even bigger game for the Nets. At Barclays against Cleveland, the play-in game to decide who will be the seventh seed in the East, face Boston in the first round of the playoffs. The loser will host a game Friday against Atlanta or Charlotte, and that winner will be the eighth seed take on Miami. Frank Vogel out as coach of the Lakers. Two years after winning the NBA championship, reportedly the Lakers will try to hire Nick Nurse away from Toronto. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. S&P futures now little change down. Futures down 20 points. NASDAQ futures up 25. Ten-year Treasury is down two thirty seconds with the yield uh, right at 2.79%. And the yield on the two-year right now, 2.51%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors. Challenging times call for proactive advisors who help minimize taxes, increase cash flow, and create opportunities for the future of your business. Visit Anshin.com. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures and treasuries are stabilizing after the 10-year yield jumped to the highest since 2018 ahead of an inflation print that's set to bolster the case for aggressive Federal Reserve policy tightening. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are little changed. Dow futures are little changed as well. And NASDAQ futures are higher, up 19 points. The DAX in Germany is down about 1%. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd, yield 2.78%. The yield on the two-year, 2.51%. NYMEX crude oil is up 3.25% of $3.07 at $97.36 a barrel. COMEX gold is up half percent or $10.50 at $19.58.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0870 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3007. And the yen is at 125.59. Bitcoin this morning higher up 7 tenths percent at $40,120. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A spokesman from Moscow-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine has denied using chemical weapons to uproot Ukrainian troops in the port city of Mariupol. Meanwhile, the mayor of Mariupol says Russian troops have killed more than 10,000 civilians over the past six weeks. A federal jury in Washington, D.C., convicted a former Virginia police officer on all charges stemming from the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. The defendant, Thomas Robertson, was accused of wielding a stick 
and interfering with the police. In Major League Baseball, the Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, and Giants lost. The Nationals, Orioles, and A's won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and Rosalind Matheson is back with us this morning, executive editor for international government for Bloomberg News. As we continue hearing these uh, growing calls for a more protracted, more bloody phase for the war in Ukraine, particularly to the east. But given some of the reports and images we've seen, Roz, it's difficult to imagine the war getting even more intense than it already has. That's right. But if anything, it seems like it may because it looks like Russia, which has already been fighting heavily in the eastern part of the country and laying siege to towns like Mariupol for weeks now, is girding itself for a fresh, big assault. And that's all to deliver the Russian president some sort of victory to claim um, by May 9, which is the, of course, the, the day they mark their victory day in World War Two. So it seems like they're really girding their forces there for some kind of full assault, and that would be to to either expand the territory that they currently have um, or, to, or to really entrench themselves there and make themselves impossible to be booted out again. And that's the warning that we're seeing not just from Ukraine but also from countries like the US and others that all signs are that the, the level of Russian troops and equipment that's piling in to the east now suggests that they're really pushing ahead for a major assault in the coming days. What is NATO and what are the U.S. pushing for as well? We've heard uh, recent comments uh, just moments ago, really, from Russian President Vladimir Putin. Some of his latest rhetoric is that conflict with the West is inevitable. What does that imply? Well, his suggestion, all of that, is what he has been saying for, for some time, which is his view that Russia is the one that's being laid siege to. It's the one that's being encroached upon by countries in NATO and elsewhere. It's NATO pushing out towards Russia's periphery that has forced this action rather than NATO responding to what was Russia's actions inside Ukraine. And a suggestion from him that he sees his mission as continuing, especially in the Donbass area, that he sees the military operation, as he calls it, in Ukraine so far is successful and set to continue. And what are we hearing uh, further, Roz, about the idea of further evidence of war crimes? You heard that report from Michael Barr about the possibility of chemical weapons use in Ukraine. Are we seeing any real hard evidence of that? Not at this stage. And, of course, there was one small unverified report last night from a civilian battalion uh, located in Mariupol, but that seems to not have been uh, chemical weapons uh, or even potentially the use of chemicals. So everyone's being very cautious about that report. There's been nothing verified from the Ukrainian officials themselves, either the military or the government. But certainly the concern remains that as this war goes on, and particularly if Russia fails to execute what it sees as its military goals on the ground, does that lead the Russian president towards more extreme action? Does that mean potentially the deployment of chemicals or chemical weapons to some use inside Ukraine? Of course, there's been accusations across history of Russia doing that elsewhere. Russia says it destroyed its stocks of chemical weapons in 2017. Uh, Other countries accuse it of still maintaining at least small stockpiles for potential use. 
And as that concern continues to build, Roz, it really has been striking to see this shift coming from uh, European allies, from uh, diplomacy and sanctions being the focus against Russia, to now even more talk of providing more heavy weapons to Ukraine. What kind of equipment, what kind of further support uh, could Ukraine be looking for from Europe? Well, what they're really looking for is an escalation of those heavy weapons, more offensive weapons, because so far what countries have sent have largely been classed as defensive weapons. But the reality is that if Ukraine's not only going to defend territory, uh, but take territory back from Russia, it will need different kinds of weapons, and that's more of armoured vehicles and tanks. And so you're seeing an understanding amongst EU members and the US that that kind of stuff really needs to go into Ukraine. And quickly, of course, it doesn't appear magically in a day if you decide to send a tank to Ukraine. Even if those decisions are taken now, it could be um, some weeks even before it actually arrives. And the question is whether that's already too late. But certainly at least you're seeing an understanding that despite the risk that it draws the eye of the Russian president, that if Ukraine's really going to withstand the attacks on the ground, it needs new and different kinds of equipment. All right. Thanks, as always, Roz. Good having you on for the latest. Rosalind Matheson, Bloomberg News Executive Editor for International Government. Right now, S&P futures are down two points. Dow futures down 36. NASDAQ futures are higher, but by just about eight and a half points. The 10-year Treasury right now is down 230 seconds with the yield very close to 2.79%. The yield on the two-year 2.51% as we await the release of the March Consumer Price Index in the U.S. NYMEX crude surging in the session up 3.5% or $3.33, $97.62 a barrel. Just ahead, we are bracing for another potentially historically high inflation print. And what are Elon Musk's plans with Twitter? The five things you need to know to start your day just ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 0.83% to 1.83% rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, fighting continues in Ukraine as the U.S. warns the Russian invasion is set to enter a very bloody phase. Retired Lieutenant General David Deptula tells Bloomberg's Joe Matthews support for Ukraine must continue. They're fighting on behalf of the complete free world. Hmm. And so we need to support them to the greatest degree possible, not the least that we can get by with, according to White House and Pentagon lawyers. David Deptula spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Back here in the U.S., Karen, economists say inflation will probably set a fresh four-decade high for March. They project the U.S. Consumer Price Index rising 8.4% year-over-year. Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice reports. 
March may be the peak. Bloomberg Economics says commodity prices have backed off their highs. But the climb down will be stubbornly slow, with the U.S. inflation rate running above 7% much of this year. In February, the CPI rose 7.9% year-over-year. The Fed, meantime, will keep tightening higher interest rates to contain runaway prices. Vinny Daljudice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thank you. Ten-year treasuries rose above 2.8% to the highest level since December of 2018. That would be the treasury yield. The sell-off threatens to end a four-decade bull run in bonds. Right now, ten-year yields are at 2.78%. No risks for global recession arising too, Karen. That's thanks to high inflation as well as the Russian invasion and China's COVID shutdowns, according to a report from the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg also warn of rising recession risks. And Nathan's speculation swirling about how Elon Musk will impact Twitter. Let's get the latest live with Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Now that Elon Musk is no longer accepting a position on Twitter's board, he may acquire additional shares of the company. Wedbush Securities analyst Dan Ives says it's highly likely that Musk takes a more hostile stance toward Twitter and further builds his active stake in the company. Musk currently owns 9.2% of Twitter and is its largest individual shareholder. And since he's not on the Board. He's not required to keep his stake below 15%. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 49 degrees in Central Park. We got two accidents on the Garden State Parkway. We'll tell you more in traffic in just a few minutes. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey regulators have approved seven facilities that already sell medical marijuana to also sell recreational pot. However, it's not clear exactly when sales would begin. The New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission voted during a remotely held meeting that sales could start in a matter of weeks or longer. The approval vote comes a year and a half after voters overwhelmingly approved recreational marijuana for people 21 and older. Masks are making a return to Philadelphia. Officials have decided with an increase in COVID-19 infections, it's time for the indoor mask mandate to come back. Philadelphia's Health Commissioner Cheryl Bettigold. Today's case count is more than 50% higher than what we saw 10 days ago, so we know that cases are rising fairly quickly. The number of people hospitalized in Philly with COVID is still low, only 46. Commissioner Benegal says beginning next Monday, people in indoor public spaces, including schools, child care settings, businesses, restaurants, and government buildings, will be told to mask up. The U.S. has ordered all non-emergency government staff to leave Shanghai, which is under a tight lockdown to contain a COVID-19 surge. People living under the restrictions have described an increasingly desperate situation with families unable to obtain food and daily necessities. Shanghai reported another 23,000 cases today. President Joe Biden announced the finalization of new federal rules restricting so-called ghost guns, which allow purchasers to assemble potentially untraceable weapons from kits. If you order a package like this one over here, 
that includes the parts you need, the direction of assembling a functioning farm, you bought a gun. The president called the new policy just basic common sense. A woman who falsely accused a black teen of stealing her cell phone at a New York City hotel avoids jail time after pleading guilty at a hearing to a hate crime. 23-year-old Maya Ponsetto pleaded guilty to unlawful imprisonment in the second degree as a hate crime after she accused then 14-year-old Keon Harold of stealing her cell phone and then attacked the 14-year-old at the Arlo Soho Hotel in December of 2020. Ponsetto's defense attorney, Paul Emilia. We obviously are happy and relieved that this ordeal is over. Defense attorney Amelia said his client is grateful for the BA's empathy. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg. Quick take, power of more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Life in the AL East. Tampa Bay has been better than the Yankees each of the last two seasons. Red Sox beat the Yanks in the playoffs last year. And Toronto, much improved. Blue Jays at the stadium, first to four. Jays won 3 nothing as Alec Manoa and three relievers. Team been a four-hit shutout. George Springer provided the all-the offense, a two-run homer, then an RBI double. Jays pitchers did issue nine walks, so the Yanks had some chances, but... The night after they stranded 11 runners against the Red Sox, they left eight more on base. Anthony Rizzo on the challenge of the division. They're a good team. They're, they're a good team. They're uh, you know, this whole division. The Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rays. They just think every game and every day is, is you know, we, we lost today. That's it. And, and tomorrow we'll come back and do what we can do to win, and that's that's really all you can do. Mets in Philadelphia, and like Sunday in Washington, great pitching for seven innings. Mets took a 4 nothing lead to the eighth, and the lead disappeared in the eighth. Philly scored five times off relievers Joely Rodriguez and Seth Lugo, and the Phils won 5-4. Alec Bohm, the Phillies' third baseman, had a rough night. He had errors in each of the first three innings. Before the Nets can be part of the NBA playoffs, they have to win in the play-in. They host Cleveland tonight. The winner is the seventh seed and takes on Boston. The loser has another game Friday to then try and be the eighth seed. Rangers tonight host Carolina. That's for first place in the Metropolitan Division. St. Peter's named Bashir Mason as new basketball coach, replacing Shaheen Holloway, who left for Seton Hall. Mason had been at Wagner. Peacocks, of course, had that historic NCAA run. Three of the top players from that team are transferring. John Stash, that one, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. All right, John, thank you. 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Of course, uh, Creedy traders are bracing for that March CPI print. What are you watching this morning? Yeah, marching, uh, bracing for the March CPI print, like you said, but also keeping an eye on those tech shares because essentially it's those tech shares that are making or breaking index gains lately. Yesterday, of course, you know the NASDAQ took a quite the beating, dropping up over 2%. I should say, dragging the S&P 500 down with it. Today, maybe making a very small comeback. We'll see. Uh, let's start with Apple here underneath the hood. AAPL is your ticker. Now, it's only down one-tenth of a percent. But City coming out and saying that it expects Apple to raise its dividend and add as much as $90 billion in buybacks. This also comes when it reports second quarter results later this month. So earlier in the session, this was giving Apple a bit of a boost. Let's see if that boost comes back at the start of trading because that could actually help perhaps drive some 
some gains for the entire S&P 500. To the downside, though, you do have Cisco at CSCO is your ticker down a whopping 2%. Once again, this comes after a city move. City cutting it on competition from Juniper and Arista. City says Juniper and Arista are gaining more market share from Cisco. And as the trend evolves, Cisco could face a compression and valuation multiple. That's a lot of fancy talk, Nathan, for essentially that Cisco is kind of losing a little bit of market share, really having to deal with competition. They've been growing so much. How much more can they grow uh, when they've already made so much progress? This is kind of perhaps a, a little bit of losing momentum that they're talking about. Once again, CSCO down 2%. We should also talk about NVIDIA, NVDA. This is an interesting story, Nathan, because, of course, we know this is the chip maker, the heavyweight in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, as well as the SOX index as well, something that a lot of other chip makers take their cue from. Well, it's bouncing back up six-tenths of a percent after dropping 25% in the last five sessions. So you really want to have tech on your side to see those broad gains. And lately, we just haven't had that. A lot going on in tech this morning. Outside the sector, though, anything else catching your eye? Well, we got to talk about hardware. This is tech adjacent, I'll say. Uh, and once again, this really comes down to the whole tech theme, but this is tech adjacent as opposed to your big tech players. Morgan Stanley also now saying it's cautious on telecom hardware. It actually cuts three stocks, uh, including uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprises, HPE, F5, uh, FFIV is your ticker, and NTAP, that's the ticker for NetApp. They are all down this morning, Nathan. All right, Bloomberg. Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keeping an eye on the tech stocks and the rest of the market as we take a look at stocks as a whole before the Tuesday morning open and before the release of the March CPI. Futures a touch higher right now. S&P futures up almost four points. Dow futures up 11. NASDAQ futures leading the gains after yesterday's big losses for the uh, NASDAQ 100. NASDAQ futures are up 32 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. The yield 2.78% on the 10-year note. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Partly mostly sunny today with a high near 70. A mix of sun and clouds. Upper 60s tomorrow. Afternoon showers and thunderstorms likely Thursday with a high near 75. Right now, 50 degrees in Central Park. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all. All of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? 
You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.